This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, it's Dr. Kate with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. And today I'm going to do a brief overview on the pelvic floor, what that is, how it can be dysfunctional in both men and women, because we both have pelvic floors. And it ties into what I'm working on right now, not in my in-person office, but I'm working on a course to um, address pelvic floor dysfunction, diastasis recti, and C-section rehabilitation. So very applicable to what I'm working on right now. And it is kind of my niche in my office. I do treat a lot of pre and postpartum women, but I also treat pelvic floor issues in men and people that have never had children as well. Um, So your pelvic floor is that muscular bowl at the outlet of your pelvis that holds up your abdominal contents. So men do have one, and if they didn't, they would have all their abdominal contents spilling out. Um, So it is definitely important in how our core functions, because ideally the pelvic floor is parallel to your diaphragm. So they're stacked when you're in like a good positioning for creating intra-abdominal pressure and they should kind of talk to one another. So as you inhale and the diaphragm comes down, the pelvic floor accepts pressure and vice versa. So they should work in concert with one another. And um, some of the you know easy things to think of of what would cause issue with your pelvic floor would be pushing a baby through one of the openings in your pelvic floor. Um, and I think sometimes my postpartum moms have this misconception that they can only have pelvic floor issues if they've had a vaginal birth, which isn't true. You can have pelvic floor issues with a C-section as well, because, um, with the weight of the baby for those nine months, nine plus months, the baby, the amniotic fluid, the placenta, it's creating this pressure down on the pelvic floor. So just like a rubber band, muscles, as you push on them, they have to retract to hold against that force. So that would be like an eccentric contraction. So they're not getting much of a rest of a break from all that pressure down onto them when you're, when you're um, creating a baby. So a lot of times what I give patients when they are pregnant are different poses to help shift baby off the pelvic floor and allow the pelvic floor that chance to fully relax. Because if you're working out any muscle, um, if you don't get a full stretch to the muscle, full relaxation, you aren't able to fully contract to the best of your ability. Um, So having that constant eccentric tension on the pelvic floor makes it not able to 
fully contract or and then it can cause spasming and those kind of things. Now that's important to keep in mind because a lot of time people jump into Kegels because it's something they've heard talked about for decades and it's that squeezing of the of the pelvic musculature and sometimes it's more so when people do it it's like what exactly are you squeezing there's a lot of different layers of muscles down there what is it that you're contracting when you're doing a kegel um and typically it can often be your sphincters that you're squeezing so that would be the circular muscle around the anus and the circular muscle circling around the urethral and vaginal opening. So that would be like the muscle that you, when you're stopping the flow of urine or you're stopping defecation, um, it, it's a more, it's not elevating the abdominal content. So that is different from the muscles that support your organs, support baby, not exactly the same thing. Um, and a lot of times when we compensate for a spasming area or a weak area, we're going to squeeze other things. So you might be clenching your glutes or squeezing your inner thighs and trying to recruit muscles around that area to help that deficient spot. So if you're doing Kegels, you might not be contracting what you need to be, and you might be, um, squeezing something that's already too tight and you're going to make it worse. So you might make your symptoms worse. Um, so definitely I ne would never start someone off with Kegels. It is something that you have to earn the right to try to do because typically we tend to be tight and we want to learn to fully relax first. Um, and sometimes that strength just comes about naturally after learning to fully relax the pelvic floor. Some of the symptoms, if you're not sure if you have pelvic floor issues or not, some of the symptoms that occur with pelvic floor dysfunction are incontinence, urinary leakage, um, fecal leakage, fecal smearing, um, pain with sex, inability to use tampon or menstrual cup. Um, it can even work its way out and you can have, if you're having just this chronic hip pain that is not alleviating or low back pain, um, it can actually, if you go down the rabbit hole, stem from some pelvic floor dysfunction. So that's typically when I start to um, check those kind of things when uh, a guy comes into the office and if we're not getting results will will check out the pelvic floor and sometimes I don't even tell them like hey we're working on your pelvic floor with these exercises uh, I just give them to them tell them what to be feeling for and they might not realize that that's that's what we're targeting um, but yeah the range of symptoms can be pretty vast and then you also could have prolapses and prolapses can happen in a variety of places it could be um, prolapse of your bladder. It could be a prolapse of your vagina. You could have rectal prolapse. So prolapse just means that the organ is coming down and it's not being supported well. Um, and again, sometimes Kegels can make those, those prolapses worse. 
Um, and then other things that you could do that you think is helping your core and all that, that could be making the prolapse or the urinary leakage worse or pain with sex worse would be restricting your core. So sometimes patients will come in and they have used a very tight abdominal binder or something like that. And that's not usually going to be the cause of a prolapse or anything, but it's going to make it worse because it's altering how we're able to do to regulate our intra-abdominal pressure. And it's not allowing for that full expansion of the rib cage and that um, it if you're having nowhere for the pressure to go around the waist, it's got to go somewhere. So it's going to go up or down and then it's going to make that pressure when you exert yourself more forceful down where the prolapse is. Uh, so you think you're supporting your core and doing something good for yourself and it's going to possibly make it worse. So just some things to think about when you're in that postpartum journey and trying to trying to um, navigate all the different symptoms that can come along with that. Um, and there's a whole host of things and that's kind of what we get into in the course that I'm working on. Um, the different ways to to relax the pelvic floor. And you know it when we get stressed even that can tighten our pelvic floor. So we tend to carry stress up in our shoulders. So we draw our shoulders up towards our ears. That's one place people carry tension. But another place is that we tuck our tailbone under, we clench our glutes, and we're just like rigid. And when you tuck your tailbone under, so that would be that end point of your tailbone or your sacrum, that's your coccyx. And if you think of that scooping under, and then the bones you sit on closing in together, that is gonna shorten that pelvic bowl, that pelvic floor area, and it can lead it to be short and tight, which makes it not function as well. So stress, I find that stress can exacerbate existing issues or create new issues. So that's another thing to think about is where am I carrying my stress? Am I clenching my glutes? Am I sitting at a desk all day or driving a lot. And sometimes when we do that, we tend to round a little bit in the upper back, which creates its own kind of problems. But then we're tucking the tailbone under, which again makes that pelvic floor narrow and shorten, causing maybe some problems down the road. Um, so there's all these different changes that you can make throughout your day too that is going to help you from leaving your pelvic floor in that shortened state which can can give you those those issues so we have the the trauma from birth we have our postural stuff throughout the day we have stress that can be a problem another thing with guys that come into the office that might have an issue is if they're cyclists or, you know, if a, a woman patient comes in and maybe they're really into their Peloton and they're always riding, which is great. Exercise is fantastic. But if you know that you do something that is going to make you prone to having 
constant pressure up on your pelvic floor. You know, a, a Peloton seat is very narrow and not forgiving. All that constant pressure on your pelvic floor. We're going to want to do some stuff after you have a ride to relax it, to, to try to open it up a little bit post-ride so that you don't have problems down the road. Um, so those are things that I see in the office and it, see, you know, you want people to be able to do the things they love long-term. And if it means making a five minute little stretch routine after your rides, then that's way better than having to rehab a problem that occurs after a few months of riding. Um, cause then you might have to take a break and all of that kind of thing. And another thing when I work with people with pelvic floor issues is that, um, I don't want them to get discouraged with their progress or anything like that. Uh, consistency is truly the key in making sustained long-term change when you're, when you're rehabbing that kind of an area. So, you know, for the pregnant patient, you know, it took you nine months of, of buildup to create an issue. And then maybe you had some tearing that we need to address with the scar tissue actually within that area, um, waiting for it to heal, then addressing the scars, then um, slowly starting to uh, reconnect with the musculature down there and work on your breathing. All of those things take time. But also that consistency is going to be what helps to create, you know, good patterns and muscle memory. Because just like your biceps or your quads or wherever, you need that, that consistency to create muscle memory in your pelvic floor too, because it works similarly. And um, it's... It seems like not important to maybe have it the consistency, but one time a week of addressing those issues is not going to be as helpful as five minutes every day or 10 minutes every day versus an hour of working on it once a week. That spread out consistency is going to be way more beneficial for the mind body connection than being a weekend warrior and doing all your exercises three times in one day. So spacing it out and being um, gracious with your body too. So starting slow, um, simply working on the breathing, which doesn't feel like you're working on that area, but it definitely diaphragm and pelvic floor symmetry and connection is, is one of the key things <clears throat> that we do and that we do it through the course. Um, but yeah, so there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel <clears throat> and it doesn't really matter how long you've had the symptoms. I mean, it makes it maybe a little longer of a process, but it's never too late to start addressing those symptoms. And you definitely don't have to live with urinary incontinence forever. Um, it's just, are you, are you at the point where it's making your life 
not as pleasant that you're willing to take the time to, you know, dedicate six months of daily routine to fix it. Um, and you know, how, how important is it to you to get back to that place where you can do the things that you, that you want to do, but realizing that you don't have to just bear it. And I, I feel like I've talked about this for years and started working, doing pelvic floor um, coursework and uh, continuing it four or five years ago. And I feel like I talk about it all the time, but I always, it's always surprising to me when I'll run into someone or something that hasn't really heard that much about it or they'll say, oh, I've been doing my Kegels and, um, but it's not getting any better. Uh, I think it takes, it's going to take so much exposure from all different, um, professionals and people to let women know that you don't have to just settle for not being able to go on the trampoline with your kids or run a 5k with them. It, you don't have to settle. And I think it needs to be put out there over and over and over again so that women can realize that it's, that it's not normal and they can then have the confidence to reach out and find someone, a provider, a course, whatever, to address those issues and make the time for themselves. Because I think some things sometimes as, uh, especially with moms, you know, you, you put your kids first, you're doing everything for your family and you don't, maybe you value your own health and um, quality of life in that way because you're so busy and focused on everyone around you. But this is, you are important too. And it's important to take that time for yourself and feel like an individual and whole and makes you a better, I mean, you see that all the time in social media, that it makes you a better wife, mother, friend, daughter, whatever. But it sometimes I think it takes a turning point of like, you've just had enough and, and now you're ready to address it. So just putting it out there, this, these resources are there for you, but you come to it in your own time when you're ready, when you feel like you can squeak out that 30 minutes a day to whether it be when your kids are sleeping or when they're um, at school, that you can try to try to do something good for yourself. And if you guys have any questions about different, if you're not sure if your symptom might be pelvic floor related, you can drop a comment or email me and I'd be happy to let you know if I think that it's something that um, is pelvic floor related or, you know, I have a pretty nice network of uh, other colleagues that work with pelvic floor health all over. So if you're in a different state or area, I can usually find someone within that network that could maybe help you in person if it seems like you have something that needs um, 
more care. So I hope everyone has a great day. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.